Cool. So, what's up, guys? I have got an old legend here uh, of New Zealand, uh, Arcades. Um, I've got my man, D-Sam. What's up, bro? Hey, man. How's it going? Yeah, good, bro. So, for those new players entering the scene or are in the scene uh, who don't know you in terms of New Zealand Tekken, tell us briefly about who you are. Who I am? Uh, name's D-Sam. Um, basically, I was... Uh pretty hard player back in Tekken 5, Tekken 5 Dark Resurrection days, played a lot at the arcades, which is basically where you played to play Tekken back then. There was no online, and there was not really a crazy awesome tournament scene back then either. Yeah. Um, just, I just an arcade slugger. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I thought it was good to get you on, because um, this would be a unique episode, because you know we're going back to the arcades, in this case, the birthplace of the NZFGC, which is, you know, where a lot of us have had our, uh, you know, experiences and a lot of our players have come from. Um, and you'd sure. be one of the best people to, to talk about this experience since you've, you would be able to paint a picture of what it was like for New Zealand Tekken. So I guess we could start off with this tweet here. Um, I think Alex Valle put it out and he was talking about how basically the young kids have got it easy. And the arcade players who were in there grinding, they they had it rough. Um, I mean, that's a that's a fair accusation, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is that the arcades you're paying for every single game, so it's your dollar on the line. And uh, I think well, let me just read this tweet. So many of you don't know how skilled players were back then. I actually see this tweet. Um. A sing yeah, single elimination tournaments. That was kind of the normal yeah. one game single them. Um no YouTube, no videos. Uh like they, you it was pretty hard to get videos. Like if you happen to have a mate with a hookup of like some recordings of Korean matches, you're just totally gonna level up above everybody else. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean you could try and scour the web back then, but it was really hard to get anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like no, for a long time, no console. So you kind of figure it out while you're playing other people. Yeah. Um, you'll, or maybe you get there when it's empty and you're playing against the CPU, you know, against the computer, mm. practicing combos and stuff like that. <laughs> well, I mean, with today, you have a lot of like, there's a lot of information and tech uh, so accessible. Um, you know, it's just mm. a different dynamic compared to back then. Um, so I was hoping you could you could take us through your journey. Um, being a player starting off at the arcades so let's just start off with a general question had you ever touched an arcade machine ever before you started playing in town you know i'm talking about like your your like, local dairy or your fish and chip shop yeah yeah definitely uh fish and chip shops like um you know street fighter 2 whatever i'm not really a street fighter player but it was always like street fighter 2 at the fish and chip shops 50 cents maybe even 20 cents back then i can't but um and I remember why we were hot pools actually had ticket one. They had like a little arcade in there. Really? So they had ticket one there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Well, so take us through your beginnings getting up to Tekken prior to Tekken 5, Tekken 5 DR. Okay. Um, actually, I probably first got into Tekken with Tekken 2. Um, uh, my uncle had like he had it on PlayStation, and he lived down near Rotorua. I went to stay and played it a hell of a lot. 
and that was like I wanted a PlayStation and I wanted Tekken 2 um, after that experience and I loved it and I remember back then uh, I used to I used to like hire out the PlayStation and the Tekken 2 when I had enough pocket money um, and I just play just by myself or against the computer whatever but also like do you remember the music shops ECM Soundwave I think it was Soundwave. I can't remember. Maybe Pulse. Yeah. Like the music shop. Yeah. In the mall, um, like when you know when people still bought CDs and tapes. Yeah. Just just a quick story. I used to work for a company that put them out of business. Oh. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes, bro, you it, did. Yeah. It, it, it's such a novelty now, like actually to go to a music shop and actually listen to music before you buy it. Now it's just like no, you don't even get a chance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a different different era. Um. Anyway. Uh. So. Those music shops, they always had like a PlayStation setup and it was mostly Tekken 2 for a long time. And kids would just kind of gather there and play each other. And the rules kind of sorted themselves out. So it's just like winner stays on. And I would always go to the mall, find whatever music shop had the Tekken 2 setup. And there's always a crowd of kids playing. And I just jump on and battle these kids. Yeah. So like I was kind of like being competitive all the way back then. Jesus. Um, Tekken 3 came out, and it was awesome, but I didn't really... Like, I played it a lot, just single-player and stuff. Uh, um, survival mode. Actually, it was a pretty cool single-player experience. It had, like, had all the side games and stuff, a lot of stuff to unlock. Um, but I didn't do much playing other kids in that game. Uh, and then Tekken 4 came out, and I played a hell of a lot of Tekken 4. I love this game. And going back to uh, when I went down to my uncle's, um, so I basically, that would be my school holidays. I'd go down there and stay, and he's a big gamer, so he pretty much got me into games. And we just play a lot of games, and um, he had a friend who would come around play games too, and he liked Tekken, and they actually had a Tekken 3 tournament down in Rotorua. Um, it was Central Park, that was the, company, the games company. They hosted it. And so he took that tournament out. And I remember thinking, man, it must be really good. One day when I stay there for the holidays, I got to challenge him and beat him. I will learn his ways. <laughs> I will beat him. So I, I always just, I always got pretty competitive uh, when it came to Tekken. And so I played a lot of Tekken for um, my best mate in high school. His name's Jackie Chan, funnily enough. And yes, his favorite character is Le Wulong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was, uh, he was Filipino and he had a cousin still back home in the Philippines who actually played at the arcades. And he would like, we'd talk about Tekken and we'd kind of brag about what's the highest damage combo you can do in practice mode. And these weren't legit combos, you know, because it, you do like a 10 hit combo and it ends with and a launcher and then yeah and then you do a juggle on top of it but it's not you know it's not a legit combo but you know we're just noobs back then um and then we'd start having like weekend sessions like he'd come around to mine or i'll go around to his and we would just battle each other all the time uh and then he started getting on the phone to his cousin and getting some legit tick <laughs> so i don't know if you played Tekken four or not but there's some horrendously broken stuff in there. 
yeah. in my opinion, that makes the game really, really fun. Yeah, I like, I, I like cheap broken stuff. Yeah, I mean, they introduced the ceilings, the the wall break, the wall breaks, or the phone booth breaks. Yeah, I, I mean, I played yeah. Lee obviously, and I heard that Lee had some infinite shit in the Heihachi Arena, Lee, actually. bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I missed out by yeah. just as much. You um, missed it out. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, character-wise, by the way, I was always a uh, Paul main. He was always my favorite character. Um, it, he was boss in Tekken 4 as well, because Sweep, the Demolition Man, if you block the first hit, there's no block stagger, it just keeps going through. And like, he's he's really boss. He had a one button, sorry, a one input deficit of sidestep, so you don't have to do the quarter circle forward. Just kind of sidestep and then push forward two and the punch comes out. Shit. <laughs> yeah, so, so I was using Paul, and I was honestly, I was beating Jackie most of the time until he started getting tech. So he got like Jin's just frame laser scraper, which is Devil Jin's yep. backboard two and down to yeah. The, so the last hit um, in Tekken four, if you hold it down a bit, it's unblockable. If you hold it down with a specific timeable timing, it's unblockable and very fast. Yeah. Uh, so it's just it's crazy, and he's Jin had a whole bunch of other crazy stuff. So Jackie ended up getting all this stuff for Jin and Lee, and then he just demolished me with it. <laughs> And, and it made so an impression it on you. An, yeah. It, it did. It, it, so it was kind of like an arms race. So like, maybe I'd beat him one weekend, and then the next weekend he'd overall win more matches. It was a bit of back and forth, and he just completely demolished me this particular time. So I went looking on the web, and I found Tekken Zaibatsu, and I started reading all the forums. So this is how you had to get information back then. Like, you just, like, scroll through massive amounts of text to try and find the good stuff yeah and turns out nina was actually top tier in Tekken 4 as well so i kind of learned her text so her hayashida step it's like the back sway side step back sway side step yeah. it basically evaded everything in that game and then the ivory cutter was very very strong so that became my weapon against his cheese <laughs> <laughs> And, and it went for a bit. Well, I think we just about figured out all of the stuff you could do. Yeah. Uh, in in that game, just you know, looking, searching online and trying stuff out. Huma had this awesome just frame unblockable low, so it was one of my go tos for a while. Um, but yeah, Jackie and I played a lot of Tekken Four, just mashing our heads against each other, and that was like, yeah, that 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 was the probably the awakening. For me, just like I want to keep getting good at this game. It's so addictive. Like yeah. you learn new things, and then you beat him, and then he learns some new stuff to counter it, <clears> and he beats you, and you just keep going up and up and up. Yeah, I had a very similar experience with a friend as well. The way he introduced me to Tekken was very similar to you and Jackie. So I really understand that rapport of you know he brings something to the table, you overcome it, and then he brings something else, you get overtaken yeah. by it. Yeah, it's just it, it's actually really nice having that back and forth. So yeah, yeah. It's so the like, most enjoyable thing. So now we get to, like, we get to Tekken 5. Tekken yep. 5 DR. Um, probably one of the best Tekken versions that, you know, we've ever seen up until that point. So how did, how did you appear, because how did you appear at E-Fans? Because it was a real, uh, okay. it was a legit arcade, you know, didn't have any claw or candy machines for prizes or tokens. It was a good atmosphere for competition, something that you would have loved, you know? It's it's actually kind of a oh there it is, fabric bags brings back a lot of memories. You will never see that ever in New Zealand for some time. Like rows of arcade cabinets, eh? 
Yeah, I remember some place called Galaxy that I went to for like a birthday party as a kid. It was kind of like this. Um, I'm sure it was called Galaxy, but I was like 10 years old back then. This is, oh, what a beautiful place to be. And this is the original, you know, like down in, in that um, downstairs, like basement yeah, type thing. Um, one, one, one more row over and we get to the main spot. Just to the left, there it is. Yep. Just on the right there, the ticket setup. And they had ticket four just on the left there. Yeah. They had so many good games there, man, like Soul Calibur 2 and um, King of Fighters, Killer Instinct. Like, it, it was a decent arcade for its time. Yeah, man. For New Zealand. Yeah. So, so yeah. me getting through the arcades is actually kind of a funny story. Uh, so, I kind of held this... I held this huge respect for the arcade scene because, like, Jackie was getting all this tech from his cousin who played at the arcades in Philippines. So it was like this... In my mind, it was like this big mecca. I'm like, is there arcades in New Zealand? I want to find out. I must know. So I actually went online. I was, I, I was Googling, like, Auckland, Tekken, arcades or something, and I came across uh, forums um, with some people discussing... Taken at the arcades, and I just straight up signed up to this message board, and I sent a direct message to somebody named Grimwalker. So, do you do you recall Grimwalker? No, I don't. So he was a Tekken Tag player. I think he actually he's very old school. He played Tekken Three and Tekken Tag, uh, probably Tekken Four, but he didn't like it like most of the scene didn't like Tekken Four. It was far too different. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I messaged this guy, Grimwalker, and I was like, hey, I'm really into Tekken, and I'm really, really, really good, and I want to go to the arcades and play the best players. Where should I go? Basically, my message was like that. Yeah. (laughs) That was it. Well, you know, I thought it was hot shit. I really did think it was hot shit. And his reply to me was like, so I I asked who's the best players, and where do I find them? And he said uh, something to the effect of basically the best of the best is this guy named Vince with his Mishimas, and he plays at Yifans on Queen Street. That's the name I haven't heard and in a then, while. <laughs> yeah, and then he also said, but there was this other guy that came up once and completely demolished everybody, including Vince. He came up from Wellington. His name was Mike. So so that was, so I'm like, okay, I got to go to Yifans. That's where I'm going. Yep. And uh, I kind of just like pushed Mike out of my head because like Wellington was so far away. You know, I want to go play the Spins character. Uh, so anyway, I got myself to Yifans. I guess I came at a bad time. This, this was before Tekken 5 was out, maybe a couple months before Tekken 5 was out. Um, uh, in in uh, time frames a bit iffy for me. But I, I went there and I played Tekken 4. And it was a poor player. So I played Paul against him, and uh, number one, I had, I could not use the stick at all. I was jumping all over the place because yeah. I was a pad player, you know? Um, and I can't remember how that went, but I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need a stick. Um, so I messed around on Tekken 4 that day, and I went home. And I... Excuse me. Oh, right. And from there, what happened? I'm not sure. So So life went on a little bit, and then... Um, uh, Tekken 5 was out 
um, you know, it's like on the news releases and stuff. So, so I wonder when it's coming to New Zealand. Will we even be lucky enough to get it? Because, you know, back then it was like, it would either take ages for stuff to get here or you might not get it at all. Yeah. Um, but I found the New Zealand thread at Tekenzai Batsu. Tekenzai Batsu, of course, the the online maker for a long time for Tekken, uh, replaced by Discord and everything else these days. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so I found the NZ thread and I saw people saying Tekken Five's out at Time Zone uh, underneath Burger King, and so like that weekend I went and um. I spent like all my savings. It was two bucks a game. I stayed all day. Uh, I played all day. Um, I like, I remember before I went in, I watched, I think you could watch, try and watch some YouTube footage or something. And I went to the poll forums to try and memorize some combos, learn the new moves. So yeah, I played all day and it was jam packed. It was really jam packed. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do too badly, I remember. Like, I, I could take some games, but I could also lose a lot. Um, but I just kept going. I kept swiping and kept playing. So, yeah, now I'm at the arcades. And uh, I remember seeing... So you, you had the card system that just came out for the first time, Tekken 5 introduced customizations and stuff. Yeah. And player ranks and win percentages and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there was... Two players who absolutely stood out. It was a guy named Mirage with his Brian and a guy with the tag 666 who was playing Lei and Feng Wei. Uh, so it's an old school player. So these are very old school tick and tag players. Uh, and they absolutely demolished. Absolutely demolished. But also Brian and Feng were really, really strong and Tekken 5 and Paul was he was okay but he wasn't on the level so once again I found out that Nina was top tier yeah. so I was back to her <laughs> and yeah <laughs> and and it was just like I, I was just I had everybody I saw there I had to be able to be I had to be better than yeah them. This, this is just my whole mindset and so mirage and casey were like the two guys i had my targets on this is this vince character never saw him for a long ass time yeah but you, like heard, but you but you heard, but yeah it's that myth you kept hearing about him right yeah yeah i, I don't think he picked up ticket five till a few months later um oh yeah so because so, i think ticket tag was you know it was like it was running for a long time and he was you know, from what I hear, he was the king of tick and tag. Yeah, in in Auckland, um, but I'm sure, you know, the days of them showing up every single day would have been long ago, long yeah. before Ticket Five came out. What's one yeah. thing about um, DR that not many new players who touch the game would know about it? Um, so you mean like guys that came in Ticket Six, Ticket Seven? Yeah, you, well, yeah, like say if some, like say if a new, like say if a kid who started with Ticket Seven actually jammed Ticket Five DR. What's something you think that they won't notice at first? Um, so it was a lot harder in many ways. So the the, the throw breaks have been made a lot easier in Ticket Seven. Um, uh, you know what the biggest thing they'd probably notice is like they'll feel like they are flying. Because the movement in that game is just so so fluid, yeah, 
so flawed, um, like probably overpowered. If, if so, there's you know there's the Korean backdash and stuff, and and back then these techniques they weren't well known. They they were kind of like dojo secrets. Not everybody outside of Korea or Japan would be doing them. Um, so like having a really crisp backdash and backdash canceling that wasn't entirely a thing really for a lot of people. Uh, so, so the fact that the movement was so flawed, um, like maybe today with, with everybody has a great back, that just seems everybody's so good. Yeah. Everybody's so good these days. Uh, I don't know. I think the, the way people can move now, if they go back and play DR, they'll just feel free. Yeah. Absolutely free. That's the biggest thing. And the other thing is like Okazimi and the earlier Tekkens, Tekken 5 would have been the last of it. Okazimi was pretty punishing, pretty brutal. Like, it was a learning curve, just trying to figure out how to safely get up uh, in the older tickets. There's like back roll catches, tech catches, yeah, uh, just stand up catches. You didn't have, you couldn't just hold back and stand directly up and block like you can now. Mm. Um, you'd, you'd end up back rolling, which was dangerous but good in some situations. You you briefly mentioned Vince. When yep. I found some clips of you facing him, when did you actually run into him? Where was it? And you know, um, how, how did you go about getting matches from him? Yeah, so um, I remember it's like one of those bubble memories where I kind of remember bits and pieces of it, but not all the details. So when I first played Vince, uh, I was down, came down to time zone in the evening, pretty late, actually. I remember it was quite late, so most of the players weren't there anymore. And this new guy was there who I hadn't seen before. And Casey was around him, like telling him, oh, he, should, he was like telling him stuff he should try out. And a couple of other guys were, it was like this little mini uh, entourage around him, if, if you would. Yeah. And he was just playing against the CPU. And so I jumped on. I didn't know it was Vince, but I had a feeling because I knew him and Casey were good mates. And he was playing diligent. So I had a feeling that this was the mythological Vince. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is, this sounds crazy, but you know, this, this is just how it happened yeah. for me. Um, oh, man, that series. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might have been our last real series. Yeah, because your reactions and um, even the movement, you know, I can tell that you'd been playing quite a lot up until this point. Yeah. Yeah, I actually this this particular series we and I, I, I we we talked about it and we know we didn't play that great, but it was really tense. Um, yeah. Like we were both for some reason we were both kind of off, but it was just it doesn't really matter. Like uh, I should I should go back to the beginning, but it ended up me and him we would it was a serious rivalry. I guess you could say we played yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot back to back to back to back. I mean, you could really tell, like, what you, were, you could really tell what you were saying about the the movement in the game being fluid, and just the, you can really see the pace of it jump back and forth, back and forth. It's never it's never stagnant, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's it's hard to put your finger on what it is, and maybe I'm just biased, but I I really love this game. It just it feels so good to play, so good to play. So what um, so yeah. Meeting Vince the first time, so I I, I jumped on and uh, I heard Casey say 
oh, this, this guy is really something like he's really, really cheap. So the funny thing was, um, actually, I'll get into this term quickly. Yep. Uh, the term wait a fuck. Wait. So this term, <laughs> wait a fuck, this is something that Casey called me and anybody else who turtled as in they played very defensively. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's considered back then, if you were a turtle, you were like, you're a dirty player, you're a scum. And in Tekken Tag, you would get a chicken next to your name if you were too defensive. Yeah. And if you got a chicken, you're like, you're, you're not to be respected as a player. This, this was just the mentality, you know? Um, but if you think about it, if you've got perfect defense, then all you should do is just wait for your opponent and block whatever is unsafe that they are going to do eventually to try and open you up and punish them. That would be the perfect way to play if you had perfect defense. Yeah. But this was the mentality. So if you're a turtle, you're a cheap, dirty player, and you got caught a way to fuck, a WF. <laughs> so so when I, um, when I picked up Nina and I started to slowly start to take some rounds and then some games of Casey... And then maybe some sets, uh, I kind of call it sets loosely. It's just like when you, you, you deathmatch somebody for a bunch of games back and forth, right? He made this like huge, <laughs> like ragey post about how cheap I was. And that's, uh, that's kind of how the term way to fuck propagated. Uh, and yeah, so, so yeah, I remember hearing Casey say to Vince, this is this, this time, he's this new kid. He's really, really, really fucking cheap. So anyway, I played Paul against him. He was playing Devilgen. And I was with the sidestep death fist thing in uh in Tekken 4, the one button death fist of sidestep. Um it ended up being like a strategy of mine to sidestep and and do stuff a lot. And I was uh, in this match I remember sidestepping Vince and death fisting a lot. And I I remember hearing him saying, This guy sidesteps a lot, eh? And I don't think like, like sidesteps, something you can probably use. I wasn't a tag player, but I feel like sidestep and sidewalk is probably something that get used a lot more in uh, Tekken Five onwards compared to tag. Like tag was just like a single step. Yeah, single plane. Yeah, I mean they had sidestep and tag. Uh, I'm probably gonna piss off a lot of enthusiasts <laughs> about that. I don't know anything about tag. I don't play it a lot. I just loved going back to playing machines in that game. Um. But yeah, it was my first encounter with Vince, and he had just picked up the game. Uh, so, like, that was, I feel like, like, really, the whole time, that whole stretch of me playing in the arcades was only two years, 2005 to 2007. And so I feel like uh, it was a long time from when I first went there to, uh, when I first went to the arcades to when I met Vince, but it was probably, like, maybe one or two months, you know? Yeah. I was playing that much, though, that. Yeah, seemed like an eternity. Mm. Like he finally appears. Yeah, <laughs> you, get your, you get your moment. Yeah, so, so that was the first encounter with Vince, mm. and then he played a lot from there, and uh, I, I just play him a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. He played Steve, who was insanely broken in Tekken Five. Um, we actually had a tournament. Um, we had. So we had we had tournaments back then, actually. Yeah. Should we go into this? Yeah, sure. Go ahead, man. Yeah. So we had uh, a time time zone ran the tournaments back then. So for Tekken Five, um, basically there were three versions of Tekken Five. There was the original Tekken Five release. Then there was like a balancing patch that came out Tekken Five Point One. Yep. And then, and then there was the, the yeah. final, the uh, 
which was the the best version, even though I loved 5.0 because Nina was great. <laughs> really, really great. Best uh best best Oki ever. Um Yeah, so you had qualifiers, like you had the store qualifiers, so you had Queen Street Arcade, uh Queen Street time zone and um Hunter's Plaza time zone. I don't know if there was another one. It might have just been those two for Auckland. Yeah. So each of those stores held a tournament, and then the following weekend there was another tournament taking the winners of those tournaments to clash against each other to see who's going to qualify for Auckland. Um, Hamilton had a tournament. Wellington, I think they might have had two scenes in Wellington, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but basically, you these tournaments were to lead to one representative from each city, so Auckland. You said Auckland, Hamilton, Wellington, uh, Christchurch. I don't know if the Needham had one. I think they I, did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think they did, but they had a tiny scene. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I won't speak on that. Anyway, so I played the tournament, um, the Queen Street qualifier. Uh, I remember in my run, I matched with Casey early on. So this was like a this was like a big one, a big one for me because I really, really like if I beat him in this tournament. Uh, going back to that <laughs> that introductory post that I got to the scene from him. Uh, but by the way, man, Casey's a really really cool dude. But he definitely like wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah, and and you know this is what it was. It's just it was uh you know there was um how can I put it. It was, it was kind of gritty. The arcade scene was kind of gritty. It was a lot more raw. Yeah, I, I always think of the old, um, the old era of boxing. Like it was like that arcade style. You know, like it was just rough, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm sure the heinous things people say to each other online is, is probably like worse. But it's online, and everybody's hiding behind yeah. the screen. It's a lot different when you're in person. Yeah, man. Um. And Casey's this big, intimidating buff dude as well, by the way. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I had a I had a match with him, and I managed to beat him. And that got me into the finals with Vince. And I was just like, I was ecstatic. And the top two qualified. So I didn't even, like, winning the tournament at that point, it wasn't a big deal to me because I qualified. That was enough for you, um, yeah. It was enough for me. Uh and then I remember getting into the game, like the, the first set with Vince, and then I was like, no, you know what? I want to beat him now. I just want to do it. <laughs> I want to beat him now. <laughs> and, and I tried. I really tried hard. So the, I remember how these matches went too, by the way. Um, I don't know if he does. He probably doesn't. But for me, it was like this big deal, you know, because like, this is how it started for me, like that, yeah. that message to Grimwalk, like, hey, who's the best player? I want to play them and beat them. And um, so it was like my Nina versus his Steve, and he demolished me. Uh, I think it was the first. It was first to three, so first to three to win the tournament. He demolished me two games using his Steve. So I switched to Raven. I actually played Raven because the Tekken Five demo came out. It had Asuka and Raven on it. And I used like a Game Shark code to remove the time limit and make the life infinite. So I could just 
sit there playing Raven on on this demo disc on PS2, and I was able to learn him pretty well. And he had some good tech traps and stuff, like really, really cheap, and they weren't well known. Um, so I managed to w take it back two more games using Raven against his Steve. And he pulls out Devil Gen. Um, and at this point, the thing with Vince is, like, he's seriously, seriously talented and quick at just adapting to stuff, you know, and just just doing stuff instantly. And I'm not really like that. I'm a, I'm a guy who really has to grind it out and repeat something until I can get it down. I can't just like pull it out. Um, yeah, Zazob's like that as well, actually. I do. But Zazob and Vince, they always really impress me with the way like you you tell them to do something and they'll just do it. Whereas you tell me to do something at the arcade, I'll be like, okay, maybe in a couple of weeks I'll be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he he was like, kind of started to figure out this Raven stuff after two games, um, and uh, he pulled out the Devilgen, and it was just like wave dashing Mishima stuff all over my face, and it, it was a a close game, and then it was the final round. And I remember he pulled it off with a house sweep um, into full wall carry, into full wall combo. And that, that was a pretty sick thing to see, like, back then. Like, just yeah. pulling off full staple combos, full carries to the wall, and a full wall combo. It's a lot of damage. And uh, everybody was like, whoa. <laughs> everybody standing around the machine was like, that's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, he, he took that tournament. Uh, but we both qualified for the next stage. Um, but then I had a family trip planned, so I had to pull out. So unfortunately, I couldn't compete any further. Oh, and so wait, yeah. who took your place? I'm not sure. I can't even remember. I think, yeah, I don't know what happened with my place. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just remember having to pull out. Oh, um, and I feel like that probably would have been. Uh, my best chance to take to take a tournament, but even then it was gonna be really, really, really tough. I remember back then uh, when I played in in that specific tournament, and there were a couple other like weekly time zone tournaments as well, where you win like a hundred bucks on your card. Yeah. Um, I remember back then I was never nervous, never, ever, ever nervous. Uh, and and maybe it's because I was like an underdog or whatever, and I didn't have pressure on myself, and nobody else was putting pressure on me. I felt. Um, but anyway, that so the ticket five point nationals, Mike from Welly, that guy I mentioned earlier, he came up, yeah, and he ended up taking out that tournament. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was the ticket five nationals. M five point one came out. I'm not sure actually how long 5.1 was out at the arcades. It I think was probably it was, a while. Yeah. Like, well, when I say a while, maybe six months. It was a while for me if you're playing like nearly every day. Six months is a long time. <laughs> uh, it was, there wasn't really tournaments for 5.1. Uh, um, and then DR, they had uh, another same, same setup, like the same store qualifiers and, and all that sort of stuff. But at this point, I was kind of like, I, I, I was like one of the favorites to win the thing. It would have been Vince, myself, and Zazob. And then there would have been a few wild cards. Like it was a Japanese Fengwei player back then, Zinki. Um, 
who else? And I'm just talking about the Auckland scene as well. Yeah. So, you know, like there's great players in Wellington. I don't know if yeah, Mike didn't play the uh Toothy played though. Yeah, Toothy. Um, Blackout was known as Materia back then. Uh and it was the Christchurch players, um Neil and his younger brother Glenn. Glenn, yeah. Yeah, both great players. Glenn's an amazing player. I actually during Tekken Five I went down to Christchurch was like one or two weeks. I played a lot of Tekken in the arcades there. And I went around to Neil's place and had a session with him and Glenn played a lot of games. Uh, unfortunately, it was like, you only had Tekken 5.0 on PlayStation 2 back then um, when DR was already in the arcades. So yeah. we were kind of going backwards in a way, but it was still great to hang out with those guys and play Tekken. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so, so the DR round of the tournaments. Um... It was definitely a favorite, and I guess people were expecting me to just kind of stomp my way through to the finals. Um, that's not what happened. What happened was I played, um, it might have even been the first round, I'm not sure, but I played against Blah, who was a link player. He also played back in Tekken 4. He might have played a bit of tag as well. Um, so he was an older arcade player. He played a really aggressive link. And at this point in time, I was playing Heihachi. Uh, and I froze. I totally froze and choked and got demolished. And I also learned that playing Mishimas in tournaments is really hard too. But yeah, it was, yeah. that was weird for me. <clears throat> so it was like when I was an underdog, I, would, I could play nerve-free. Like just no nervousness at all. No anxiety. And then... Um, when I was kind of known and established and with a bit of expectation to, to do something in this tournament, I totally choked. But yeah, that was that. Yeah. But I mean, we've all had that. I mean, like, it's fair to say that we've all had that moment where, you know, we thought we've had our shit together and then it could be just that unknown character matchup knowledge and everything just goes out the window. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I knew that I knew the matchup really, really well. Uh, it's definitely an unconventional matchup playing against Ling, but I knew it well. I played against Blah a lot, um, but just all of that information just did not come to me in the game. Yeah, um, yeah, and so those were kind of the major tournaments we had back then. There was um, there was a there was a what would you call it like a an outfit called Black Box Session, BBS. BBS, you... yeah. Yep. No, yeah, I so they, they, they ran console tournaments, and, and they actually liaised with the Armageddon Expo when it was an Altair center. Yeah, like the way they used and, to do and, it was, yeah. like, it would be after hours, people could bring their yeah. equipment. The, the real interesting thing is, not many people would know, is that everyone brought their own equipment, even for the LAN events. So you had, like, dudes rocking up with big CRTs, like at least eight minimum, rocking up outside the doors exact like at the at the exact time Armageddon finished and we're all out there with our consoles just like, yeah, where where are we setting up? <laughs> it's like we were ready to go. Yeah man. It was good. Oh man. Do do you feel like you were you happy with do you feel like you back then were happy with where you were skill wise for DR? Do you feel like you could have had Vince's number? Um I think at the very end, 
I finally did surpass him. <laughs> Sur- surpass him. But uh, as, a, as in a, we would have death matches, and I would start to pull ahead and, and take most of them. And I felt like... Uh, I, I, I really felt like I, w- I could probably go toe-to-toe with everybody in New Zealand and win uh, most of the time. That's that's how I felt, and uh, it, it was the, the thing with Vince and I. So he played Steven the and I played Heihachi. Heihachi was basically the second best character in the game, and Steve versus Heihachi was a shit matchup for Steve. So, like that matchup was greatly in my favor. Anyway, he also played Dragonov. Um, he had he had stopped playing Devilgen. I'm not sure why, because Devilgen was the best character in the game in the mm. Um. And so, so yeah. Although I would beat Vince, I definitely had the character matchup in my favor, and that was kind of a reverse. To so in five point was definitely even. Like it was I played Nina, he played Steve. Then in five point one, Nina got absolutely gutted. She was just really, really, really bad. Uh, so, so like some of the changes were kind of silly. Like her her DF one was like really negative on block, like bandwidth. It was like because in 5.0 it was plus one on block, uh, and it had a just frame follow up that was completely safe and would put you into a into her multi grabs if you got hit by it. Um, so, but she got nerfed because she was like just far too overpowered in 5.0. So 5.1 she was nerfed, and I still played her. I stuck with her. I was like, I was this Nina loyalist now. She was my character. She was my girl. Yeah. That was it. End of story. So I stuck with her, and he played Devilgen. And Delvagen was Delvagen was even further ahead of everybody else in 5.1 than he was in DR. So in DR it was a lot more balanced. Um but yeah, so 5.1 we would play Devilgen against his Devilgen against my Nina. And I, I, I kinda hated the game back then. I was really frustrated. Um and then in DR I played Nina mostly, and towards the end. I always, always, always wanted to play Machinas. I yeah. always did. Uh, this goes goes back to like me and Jackie missing around. He could pull off electric when God for some pad, like really crisp. Um, and I couldn't. And eventually, I practiced enough to the point where I was like, I was competent enough to to play them and, and tr- try and get good. Yeah. And take games. <clears throat> so yeah, I switched to Heiachi. I was like, I'm just he's. I'm gonna play Machinas now, and I'm gonna play top tier and I'm gonna just be the best I can be. Yeah. Uh and it was just really fun. And I always like I guess the biggest one of the biggest joys for me is just finding out something really, really powerful and abusing it. Uh, I like abusing cheap moves. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like Vince was right. If, if you if it's not about just winning, it's about making your opponent salty while you win. Yeah. <laughs> It was about <laughs> uh, so, so so yeah like like the uh, I I felt like I could beat anybody and then there's there's kind of like an ending my whole Tekken five arc kind of had, had the beginning which you heard and then there's like the ending and this guy from Korea uh, he happened to be out socializing and bumped into one of the guys from the Welly scene he was in Wellington by the way so he was a guy from South Korea, and he was over, I think he was studying maybe, or maybe just like a working holiday. Yeah. Um, 
and he ran into one of the guys from the Wellington scene down in Wellington, and they were having some drinks, and they got to talking about Tigger. And apparently, this guy played uh, in in Green Arcade uh, in Korea, like oh, the mecca for Tigger. Shit! So this guy's name was Ryan. So so uh, the Wellington guy take off heaps. I think he still plays. By the yeah, way, yeah, to yeah, yeah. So he um, he's the one who met Ryan. <clears throat> And they went and played games. Apparently, the story was they were still drunk. Uh, but um, this guy, Ryan, was really sick with machinas, apparently. And um, he happened to be Kudan's roommate back in Korea. No fucking and, way. And uh, he said, like, he would, he talked about how much Kudan's used to practice. Holy um, just shit. Just on the PlayStation bro. playing tick and tag. And so he started like talking to Qdans on MSN, getting the tech and stuff. I don't whatever messenger they used. Um, you know, learning the stuff in Tekken Five because he hadn't played since Tekken Tag. And <laughs> like very, very, very quickly, he demolished the entire Wellington scene. And we all heard about this. So they were like pilgrimages down to Wellington to play this guy. To seek this so, mysterious Korean player. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Vince and um, who went down? So Vince went down. Timmy Flaps went down. Timmy! Fede, good old Timmy! They went down. Uh, th- so those guys went down and a, a couple other guys, um, but they're not in the scene anymore. The guy named Jay. They went down and they played and they hung out with this guy, Ryan. And they, you know, they made made friends and stuff. And you know, the story was he just destroyed everybody. Um, and then uh, Zazob and I were like, we're going to make a trip. <laughs> so we did it. We drove down. We road trip down to Wellington. We stopped in Hamilton and we picked up Cold Fire, Jerry, oh, you along picked- the way. Hey! Yep. Yeah, yeah. And we went down and we stayed in our backpackers and... Uh, we met up with them and played and got trashed. And I I think there's a few of the recordings of these matches on my YouTube. Um, uh, yeah, it was just Ryan DJ. And uh, he came up to Auckland as well and played. And he told us uh, heaps of cool stuff about Tick and Tag 1, a lot of the tech. Uh, he definitely introduced the importance of Backdash, I feel, to us Aucklanders. Um, although, by the way, so the thing with the back, like the the movement, the Koreans just had this insane movement uh, figured out, and maybe that's why they were so far ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Um, Zazob had kind of started doing it a bit, doing a crisp backdash prior to Ryan coming up. Um, it was definitely a thing. I remember Grimwalker, the guy I messaged way back. You know, to find out about who the best players are, uh, he always like rated people on how good their BDC was, which wasn't really a thing yeah. for for a lot of us. Um, and Cornova, he he played back then. By the way, um, he was always a very very defensive player, and he had a pretty crisp back there. She was really hard to catch, uh, but it was yeah, there wasn't a lot of backdash going on. And he was like, this guy, Ryan. So, so the thing, he played Devil Jin, right? He's a Mishima player. 
there's this thing with Mishimas where if you play Mishimas, like 90%, you're probably really good on 2P and you can't play on 1P. Oh, that's just that's the just golden mechanically rule. Yeah. Easy. yeah, it's just mechanically easier to do all the Mishima stuff. Um, but Ryan, he was like, no, wait, I don't want to play. I'm, I'm way better on 1P. I hate 2P. The reason was because to him, backdash was far more important than wave dash. Wave dashing, and yes. Yeah. So like to him, backdash was everything. Spacing is absolutely everything. And this is like the Korean way. Um, and like he totally demolished everybody, dropped so much knowledge, opened up so much stuff in such a short period of time. Like my mind was blown after this. I picked up Diligent and I, I tried my best to get a good backdash. Um, uh, yeah, like just crisp Mishima play. Yeah, I was even more in love with playing Mishimas after experiencing that against Ryan. Um, so yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean that that that's basically the the end. So after that, it was like, you know, I thought I'm hot shit because I kind of got pretty damn good in our local scene. And he just comes along and destroys everybody. Yeah. It's it's not even close. I think it's like it's a great story. You, you flinch. You yeah. flinch and he sends you up. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like you, um, you think you know the game to a certain level and then you get and then the mar- you know, it get the veil gets lifted, there's another layer, and then it's just like shit, there's there's more to this thing I need to understand. Yep. Yep. Uh so man, it, it, blew my mind it really inspired me but also really got me down because of like how f- <coughs> how far i would have to climb like how not even close i was to where i where i thought i wanted to be um yeah it was truly eye-opening to play that firsthand there were like a couple of uh like one or two um guys who came across who were like students international students and they they were used to playing in the korean arcades or the japanese arcades and they were really really good and they were just like your average like your average scrub over there yeah um they were they were always hard as like there's this new marduk player this would be the talk on on the the new zealand thread and taking zaibatsu there's this new marduk player and he's from korea and he's wrecking everybody so like Okay, I gotta get there. <laughs> gotta find this guy. Yeah. There was, there was, I remember there was a king player. Yeah, it was just this is crazy when when people come over from a way more advanced scene. Yeah. And you play against them. Like you really are as good as your scene. Yeah. And and that's how it was with the arcades because you gotta be everything's local. Yeah. That's you know, there's yeah, no, exactly. There's no online. But and you before- you're meeting up and you're playing Who's in front of you? Whoever's there is there, and you're gonna do what you can to be better than them. But once you're better than them, how do you climb further? Yeah, like the only way it happens is if that dance takes place where you beat him and then he beats you, and you know you push each other up. Yeah, and a scene can really elevate themselves when you got a bunch of competitive players like that. Mm. Definitely, especially for the time back then, going over to get a. Going overseas to get that experience wasn't really 
it wasn't yeah. a common notion. So you'd always take yeah. advantage of anyone that you'd hear from coming from Korea or, you know, like your mate from the Philippines or just someone that would give you that extra layer of knowledge. Yep. Yep. It's like that little bit and just a little bit from a more advanced scene is such an edge. Um, it's, it's a huge edge back then. Uh, you know, the information, like the information was definitely there. You could definitely find in Tekken 5, you could definitely find it. But it maybe wasn't spoon fed to you because you're not watching like uh, you're not watching a world tour with like awesome commentators breaking down the game uh, for you. You know when when yeah. you're you're watching high level players, it was just like you watch a match and you try and guess what they're thinking, guess what they're doing. So uh, did, try and replicate it. Yeah. Did you take so? Did you take this newfound love and investment in, from the game into Tekken Six and Tekken Six? Be, uh, how, 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 did <laughs> you, how did you progress maybe, to the next? Yeah. Maybe in an, in an alternative timeline that would have happened. But <laughs> in this timeline, what happened was uh, I kind of journeyed to the world of Azeroth and I became heavily, heavily addicted to World of Warcraft. Eh? <laughs> and that's kind of where my ticking days ended. Hey, hey, it was, um, it was a big game, bro. It was a big game back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, for sure. But you did um, used to have casual sets with, um, you know, you mentioned them, yeah, Sarsop so, and Cornova so and when, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still kind of came back into the scene every now and then. When Tekken 6 came out, I came and played for like a couple of weeks. Um, uh, I really, I initially enjoyed it. Um, you know, I went straight to Devilgen. Yeah. Um, Devilgen was pretty sick. I remember he had, like, what did he have? Uh, he didn't have the house sweep launch anymore, but he had like a house sweep straight into bound and then a combo. So as yeah. long as you get combo off house sweep, I'm picking Devilgen. <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> um, but I just, I the game, it didn't really click for me. I really didn't like the rage system. Uh, it wasn't I, the no, ticking you grew up with. It wasn't, and I didn't like the bound system either. Uh, even even today, I think the screw system in seven is a lot better than the bound. But I really just miss the old school juggles. Yeah, I miss I miss juggling. Um, I do. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I definitely played a bit of Tekken Six. I just it was just wasn't the same for me. I wasn't hungry to be really good. I wasn't after you know after. I guess after you could say I, I climbed to my, my peak. Firstly, it was like I was starting to get into World of Warcraft, but also it was kind of like there was nowhere to go. Like, where do I go from here? So before Ryan showed up, we kind of stopped playing as much. Like, I wouldn't see Vince at the arcades much anymore. I wouldn't be there myself too much anymore. The, the game kind of fizzled out um, after the Nationals, actually. I think that's, that's kind of where it was. It was like... I, I was really gutted about not getting a shot to play in the Nationals because I didn't make the qualifier. I didn't get through the qualifier, you know? Yeah. And uh, oh, this actually, you know what? I remember this. Yeah, this is like when T6 console came out. Yeah. And uh, Zaza was hosting <coughs> hosting sessions. Yep. You had Cornova, um, Enjoy, um EG was there too. T four gens there. T four gen nemesis. Yep. 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 Um, what was I saying? Last <laughs> I thought. 
Are you saying that you weren't going, you weren't playing as much? Vince stopped like playing and showing up. Yeah, I mean, my motive. Like at first, I was like, I was really, I was really gutted that I lost, and I was really, really angry. I was like on this rampage to absolutely just beat everybody at the arcade, and including Vince, and and I did, and and our next set. But it meant nothing, you know? It was kind of meaningless. Yeah. And, um, and then he brought it back anyway. And just, like, I, I, I specifically remember the set after the tournament loss. Like, it was a few days later that I met him at the arcades. But I specifically remember the set because, you know, I was like, I got to prove, prove something. But I'm not really proving anything. I missed my shot. Um, but, yeah, I... I I was winning a whole bunch, and then he like he switched up, and you know how the mind games are when you're when you're death matching somebody, like the the momentum swings around really fast sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it just keeps building on one side, but this this side it like swung around, and then he like really demolished me, and in a way I hadn't been beaten in a long time, and it just kind of shattered my confidence for a while, and I was like I was sad about the game, I was sad about my loss. Uh, I was kind of demotivated to play any further than that. Um, and I just, I got into World of Warcraft because that was really taking my interest anyway. Yeah. It was, it was, by the way, the guy who won Chicken 5 DR Nationals from Christchurch, Glenn, Neil's younger brother, he's the one who got me into World of Warcraft in the first place. So, Oh, he's the one. Yeah, he totally took me out of, <laughs> totally took me out of the ticket scene. He destroyed everybody, including me. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. Um, because I think you and me met during the Tekken 6. I, did we meet during Tekken 6 or Tekken 5? Yeah, uh, I think it would have been during Tekken 6. Yeah. Um, but, but for some reason, I, I I felt like I had seen you around during Tekken 5. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think we probably... Uh, or, or maybe it might have even been the BBS sessions. Actually, no, I think it was that, right, right. yeah. Black, black box sessions. Black yeah. box session, yeah. 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 So, yeah, and then Ryan showed up and... I don't really remember the time frame. But there were like two two kind of things to me, kind of finishing up being competitive in, in Tekken 5. It was like Ryan showing up. And I played for a little bit after that. But yeah, I got into World of Warcraft. And then there was like a final black box session tournament. And um, Rambo was there and Richard. They had just started playing at the arcades. Uh, Rambo, um, what's his new tag? Mysterious, the Mysterious River. Yeah. Um, and Richard, I can't, I don't know what he goes by. Um, on PC, he goes by AMS, but I don't think he had a name in the arcade. Yeah, yeah, back then, I don't think he even, yeah, he did. Like, it was just a blank name. Arcade. I don't think he actually had a name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but after a while, like, I wasn't really playing, but I just showed up to BBS, like, you know, it'll be fine. I'll just play. I'll be the same. But actually, it turns out if you, well, for my, in my case anyway, if you're not playing all the time, all the time, you quickly get rusty. I, I don't seem to retain whatever skills I do have very well. Um, and also, Richard was really, really good. Uh, I remember BG was getting really, really, really good back then. I remember um, Cornova was getting good. I mean, he actually Cornova's defense was always insane. Yeah. I remember that um, even back then he was like so 
it was really frustrating to play him because yeah. he was he was very defensive and his defense was really good. He yeah. would like break just about every throw. He would block your lows on reaction. I know that for Tekken um, six year he was definitely strong. Um, you mentioned Richard; he was definitely top five at least, like definitely top five. Yep, yep. And of course, uh, Zazob. Yep. Um, who, by the way, I haven't said near enough about Z- Zazob. Uh, I met him and Yefans. He was playing Julia, and I mean, we just became great friends and rivals, like pretty instantly, really. Um, I, he was playing Julia, which wasn't a very strong character, and I was playing Nina. Like this is the original Ticket Five. Yeah. Uh, and actually, a lot of sidestep stuff, him and I kind of figured out. I think back then. Um, it was kind of funny how how players would bring something new and then it would kind of propagate around the scene. Yeah. Like, it would spread, you know, tech would just spread. People would bring new skills to the table and other players would adopt it. That's, that's kind of how it was. And so him and I, like, we played a lot together. We uh, we figured out a lot of stuff together. Like, I remember we would play at Yafans. Then we'd go home. And you know we'd each be on our own bus home, and we'd be like texting each other, like <laughs> yeah, setups yeah, yeah. or like ideas or combos or things to try. Uh, we we played a lot, and we discussed the game a lot, um, and we had a lot of home sessions too. Um, so, so yeah, and and to this day, he's like he's one of my best friends. Like even when I stopped playing Tekken, uh, him and I still talk like every single week. Yeah. Um he I got into after World of Warcraft, I got into StarCraft too. And he got into that as well. So like we still game together. Yeah, nice. No, he's, he's definitely one of the OGs. Um good dude and yeah, been playing just as long as as you know, like you back in the beginning. Um yeah, I, yeah. now I know I mean, you now I know you didn't touch tag two. Um because I you know, you but just an opinion of it, like it was uh, it was a real it was a real hot mess, you know, like damage scaling, fucking death. Sorry, death almost death combos from <laughs> ridiculous pair. Ma- yeah, it's um, yeah. I never saw you play tag two, um, and I can understand why. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, I did dabble. So, um, I remember going to Armageddon and they had a Tick and Tag one tournament because Tick and Tag remaster or Tick and Tag HD. Um, Namco did a Tekken Tag HD release, and with that they included a Tag Two demo where you could play like Kazuya and I think it was just Kazuya and Devil Kazuya. Uh, so I went with Zazob and we entered. He ended up taking out that tournament. Um, and then uh, I remember going to his place and playing a bunch of sessions with the demo, and I think that might have been one of the streams. Like, I think he started streaming those sessions back then with the demo. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I didn't play six, there was so much stuff I had no idea about. And then tag two, it just seemed like everything in six plus a whole bunch of new stuff. It was, it was just really, really overwhelming for me. Yeah. Um, I did, I did get a copy of the game and I played online a bunch. Um, but I, I didn't really i quickly dropped it like yeah I, I just i got you know i got the beatdowns players were kind of like way above me and I, I just really wasn't motivated to improve yeah and i wasn't motivated to do that grind again 
Mm. But yeah, that was. I heard though. I heard it was really adored by like the more hardcore players, and there's there's a bit of sadness that the scene, the tag two scene, wasn't awesome. Yeah, well, there was there were people uh, who I mean, obviously there were people that weren't fans of it, um, and even some were saying that that could have potentially been the end of the series because it just wasn't, you know, unlike seven it wasn't really catered to bring in new audiences new players because of the whole you know the juggling system and the combos and just it like the frame data alone for that many characters is insane yeah um, it's really yeah. overwhelming but now you look at like Tekken seven like what's it like to see Tekken spearheading the nzfgc the fact that it's actually a main title compared to what it was in the beginning which was a second third rate title at events you know, now that we have yeah, like outside well, arcade events. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't. I th- you know what? Standing Fierce was kind of just starting up. Um, I think, anyway. I, I remember maybe Dave came across to the NZ thread and posted up, say, hey, like, we're starting this, uh, you know, this, this organization where we can put events on and we can all get together and play these games we love, um, new tournaments and that kind of stuff, you know. So I think back then, um, other than BBS, Standing Fierce was just getting started. Um, I didn't know a lot about any other fighting game. I just, I just love Tekken. Uh, I, I remember Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was super popular back then as well. Yeah. And it was an older game at the time. Um, and I think Street Fighter 4 might have come out. And they definitely got a lot of interest from some of the Tekken players. So I was a little bit salty, actually, that, <laughs> that you know. Just just that, after your time, right? Yeah, I can't. I just, the time, since it was so long ago, the time frame's like, I, I don't specifically remember what came first in what order, but I remember Zazov got into Street Fighter, and he started um, messing around <laughs> in Street Fighter 4 a bit. Yeah. And, and now he's like, you know, he's plays both Tekken and Street Fighter to a very high level. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, like... Actually, I did travel to Wellington Zaza, uh, to play in a Tag 2 tournament. I mean, I, I just wanted to travel and have fun. I wasn't yeah. really into it for the games because I didn't really play the game much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was cool just to go down there and catch up with the guys again, like yeah. T4 gym. Yeah. Um, sorry, I've lost. Well, we're no, about no, sorry. Um, do, do you feel like Tekken 7, um, like it, just in terms of the progression of the series, do you feel like Tekken 7 has earned its spot? Like it really is. Oh, right. Yeah. The, yeah. the forefront. I mean, I actually, like, I think, I think it's a great game. I think they've done really well. It, it's, it's, I mean, when I, I, I came back when Tekken 7 came out in 2017 on a console, I think it had been out a couple of years, arcades prior to that. Um, I think it had the whole 7.0, 7.1, and then full expansion treatment, right? And yeah. this one on, that we've got on console was like, is it BR or something like that? Oh, like F, oh, yeah. Like the F- fade, yeah, it's like the FR arcade. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, I, it's awesome. It's awesome to see Tekken so popular and so alive today the ticket world tour is awesome the during this quarantine like 
Um, I don't know what it was. You know what I, I think it was? It was the fact that Ganryu's finally out. <laughs> and that, that's why I came back to the game, because I also played Ganryu a lot at the end of... He was basically my favorite character to play other than the Mishimas yeah. in DR. Um, he was really cheap at DR. And, I, you know, if it's cheap, I love it. Um, so, and I was I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't initially out when Tekken 7 came out yeah. in 2017. I was like, where's Ganryu? Where's Ganryu? Um, and I went to that Southern cross-up. I played, I played Nina, uh, played a bit of Paul. Uh, I pl- actually, no, I ended up playing Diligent again. Um, but I really, I wanted Ganryu for two reasons back then, and I was disappointed he wasn't there. Like, one, I really enjoyed the character, and two, he's not difficult. He doesn't have, like, really technical input like Mishimas do, or like Nina does for some of her stuff. Yeah. And, and, and coming back, um, I was always, actually, I was kind of criticized every time I went into Tekken. I came back to Tekken 6, tried to play in tournaments. Uh, but I'd always try to do what people would call like hard combos. And I'd drop them every single time. Instead yeah. of, you know, just going for the staple and getting stuff done. Uh, and I didn't want that to happen when I came back to Tekken 2. I just wanted to try and get competent and be competitive again. Yeah. And uh, I really wanted to be playing Ganryu to do that. I didn't really want to play Machinas, even though I love them. Like, I, I got to put it down, you know? I'm not going to... I'm not going to find myself putting in the effort to be that good. Yeah. And then when you compete, like, you know, everything, like, all of the pressure that comes with competing, uh, you put that on top of like the harder execution required for Mishima's it's, it's too much yeah well yeah. I just find so, it it's funny that there's a I see a lot of Gungyu players he was always a character that was never appealing or popular but I think the development team have done a good thing keeping these characters off the books you know because they've you know when they've released Gangryu and Lei and Anna and they've been like a lot of people have been playing them when after they released yeah yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I I came back because I was like, I'm gonna try again, again Ryu, and I tried. I was like, the I was addicted again the first day, um, and I had just started streaming as well because I wanted to stream the Final Fantasy VII remake. I streamed a couple of other games, and yeah. then I thought I'd just jump on stream and try again Ryu out, and I did, and I like fell in love with the game again, and. I spent a whole bunch of this quarantine watching all of the Ticket World Tour that I've missed over the past couple of years. Because I came back like briefly in 2017 and then I dropped it again. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, I I would have loved to have something like this back in Ticket 5 days. Yeah. I, I can so only awesome. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I, and you know what? I remember thinking this when I played StarCraft 2, because StarCraft 2 had a really awesome esports scene. StarCraft 2 pretty much um, gave Twitch its start. It was like the most popular game for quite a while and gave a lot of traffic to Twitch before League of Legends got very, very popular. And they had like, you know, they had world world leagues. They had tournaments all the time. They had like celebrity, com- like celebrity commentators, you know, yeah. these guys with such character and charisma. And they had the players. It was just awesome to see. 
And I remember thinking back then, like, man, why don't they have this for Tekken? Why doesn't Tekken have a scene like this? And yeah. now it exists, and now it's so popular. It's awesome. When, when I saw you walk up to the, to, to the, um, to the tournament that LPL had at Sky City, I will be honest, I got a bit emotional, man. It was like seeing an old friend <laughs> from a long, like from, a, you know, like he went on an OE for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden he's just like, Right in front of you, yeah. I was just, yeah. It was emotional, man. I was just like, "Holy shit!" Hey! <laughs> yeah, oh, it was it was crazy coming back too, and and meeting a bunch of the guys that are still around. I, I remember bumped into um Daz goes by Pino Delicious now, Kid Liga, uh, yeah. everybody like, <clears throat> yeah, just everybody. It's awesome. Chrono hadn't hung out with Chrono in a long time. Um all the peoples and then like even vince playing online <laughs> he plays online on steam so we've had a bunch of games too back, that's good you know back in 2017 we actually set up a few sessions back then that's good um yeah like i had vince round and zazob and Feijay right in my place when ticket seven came out and we had some games so yeah it was good like I, I fully got back into it that year and it was awesome to see what they had done with the game like the the slow motion stuff the rage out it just adds so much that's hype. epic man yeah hmm. and they they've really done a lot with uh they've just really really made it accessible i think you know despite the fact that i'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the screw system i think it really it, it kind of streamlines a lot of the the combos and and ticking and it, it, it gets players like it's easy to wrap your head around like okay this is my screw move so I do some filler, then I screw, and then I do the ender, and I try and make the wall if I can. I think it's just like it's it's much more learnable now, but it's still a really hard game to get into. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it definitely is harder to get into, but easy to digest. Um, and you yeah. mentioned oh, that, that that's another thing. Like they fixed the the oki, the throw breaks. Um, yeah, and I think the combo, the screw system, makes the combos a lot more digestible. So I think. Those three things really do make the game far more accessible, and a lot of the new characters, um, it's it's really balanced. Tekken Seven's really really balanced compared to like even DR. Like DR was pretty damn balanced at the time uh, compared to the ones prior. Like Tekken Tag, I think it was like I think there might have been a handful of characters that were viable in Tekken Tag One. And then Tekken 4, it was like four characters were viable. And then Tekken 5, four characters were viable. Steve, yeah. you know, Brian Fing. And then in DR, like, yeah, Heihachi, Devogen, Kazuya were above everybody else. In some cases, quite a bit with some of the matchups. But then you had, like, you still had strong You still had, like, Julia. You had Genryu. You had Raven. Um, oh, boy, I can't remember. It was, like... A lot more of the characters were viable. And then you had some really trash characters who just could not compete. Who just could not compete, not on any level. Yeah. Yep. And then in Tekken 7, like... I don't know. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it easy, like to, it's so not easy to discern, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course you get the, the best of the best players, and now they play this for a living, so they're really all in. Yeah. Uh, you know, the pro players. And, of course, those guys, they're, you know... They're gonna make a tier list matter, you know. So you're gonna see the the strongest characters always making appearances, but still 
it seems to be really, really balanced, which is cool. And there's a lot of, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, very, a lot of the new characters are very easy, like just very simple, basic inputs and that sort of stuff. Very yeah. bread and butter, easy to pick up. Yeah. It is it is good that Tekken Seven's easy to to take on board. You mentioned it as well, Tekken Saibatsu. It used to be the place where people shared, you know, their opinions, their tech, ratting out on who's being cheap. Um, and I just thought I'd you know briefly mention it as well. It's a shame that that doesn't compete. Obviously, <laughs> obviously we have our you know the Tekken Discord pretty much does what it what this website did anyway, and it's the same for the New Zealand Discord. Um, it did what it needed to do in the pre-Tekken 7 Tag 2 era, you know, because once YouTube and Discord and Twitter started taking, I was like, you know, we didn't really need this. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, uh, actually a bunch of the, a couple of the American players kind of started some stuff as well, like Rip, who's a commentator now, started up that Level Up Your Game. I think it was a website or maybe a series, but, you know, it was just, like, giving guides and getting people into the game, breaking it down. Yeah. And avoiding the puddle is YouTube streaming. Yeah, like nowadays, if you want to learn, you just go watch somebody's stream or you watch the tournaments. Yeah, or you can even ask uh, the players you, themselves. Just, just YouTube, just YouTube the matches from that, that. That's basically what I've done to learn Genryu stuff is like, Okay, who's the best Genryu player? Oh, Saint plays Genryu. <laughs> YouTube Saint Genryu and watch the matches. All right, man. Well, I'm just going to ask you a question. It, go, it ties back to the arcades. Like, have you ever come across your fair share of trolls, bullies at the arcade, people just trying to, you know, have you ever run into shit stirrers at the arcade? Um... I don't. I don't really have any negative experiences um, well, at the good. arcade, but there's diff, there's there's like, <coughs> I mean, you would key charge. There's key charging back then, yeah. <laughs> and and you know to key charge somebody when they're like physically something else yeah. uh, than doing it online. Um, Sometimes players would get really, really angry when they're losing, or even if they're winning, just to prove a point and they shake the entire arcade captain. Slap their hand down. Yeah. Yeah, like there'd, there'd be some slamming. There, I mean, there were some rages. Um, and I'd be lying if I if I tried to say that I didn't have any moments of rage. I certainly did. <laughs> um, That's all good, man. But yeah, I mean the. Probably the biggest one was like when I came home that one evening and went on to read up on NZ Thread, and there's this like scathing write up about how cheap I am as a player. Yeah, that must um, that must have hurt you a little bit, right? Yeah, it really does. I was like, man, really? I'm just trying to get up in here and be the best. <laughs> and now, like, my play style is not respected. Because, you know, the New Zealand ticket scene has come across its unique individuals. Um, you know, like you've had the, you know, there's the king of street fighters. Um, there was Lackey uh, a year or so back. Unlucky, you know, the, you know, Cornova silenced him like 10 0 <laughs> in an online lobby. Oh, yeah. I missed, uh, you know, what? actually, I I missed a lot of this stuff. I remember, I think, <laughs> might have been during Tekken 6, there was like, there was like, 
maybe Tekken King or something like that. Oh, God, don't say that name. I I remember like a bunch of... Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You are are so glad you missed out on that anime filler. (laughs) It was just anime filler. Okay. Like... Yeah. I I feel like I need to address this like just just slightly. Okay, because I don't really know. Yeah, okay. Well, let me educate you, son. So you had some guy coming up to the arcade saying, oh, you know, like who's who's the best you tell him and you know oh well the, oh zazob oh i've seen him he doesn't play that good he he plays like shit this is someone saying <laughs> it to you point blank in the face saying oh no okay. he, he's not good he he plays like shit zazob he plays like shit um and then just as you're exp- just as you're about to explain who who zazob is he'll say oh no but i'm the, i'm the best I'm, I'm the best in new zealand and i'm thinking <laughs> Are you now? <laughs> okay, <laughs> one of those guys, um, yeah. and this I was one of them. <clears throat> oh, I, oh, but nothing like this. This is just like you have people that kind of take the Mickey and know that they're doing it for for a laugh, for a joke. But this yeah, guy was so serious. yeah, he was so serious. Like he actually believed he was the best, and it wasn't unu- It wasn't uncommon that a few other people had that same experience. Like they were just minding their own business. This guy approaches them starts talking about Tekken and how he's the best but no one knows who he is what competitions he's played what he's won he wouldn't even play because he'd just say he plays on PlayStation but why go to the arcades and talk about yourself why talk up about yourself yeah. but not actually <laughs> deliver the goods you know and so yep. yeah I mean I, I, I had it rough because I actually ran into this guy on numerous occasions outside out of the arcade at one of my old jobs I went out to dinner for once I, I went out to dinner with friends and I saw him once um yeah he was he was interesting who am i talking about yeah i'm talking about the one the only tekken king jesus i wish i would have never said that name again you are so you are so lucky you missed out on this so basically he he was he heard about this time zone tournament he rang up and said okay i'm gonna rock up with my boys and in that moment i thought okay this shit ends today put him up against one of the best players and we can end this. And so yeah. I, I don't want to say we rigged the bracket, but <laughs> Zazob got put up to the plate because if you gave him a win against any other player, you know what I mean? That would be enough. That would still be enough ammo for him to continue acting yeah, he, he, he run with it. the way that he is. Yeah. So me and a few guys were like, no, 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 this ends today. Put him up against a fucking, put him up against one of, you know, yeah. Zazob got put up. <laughs> He's whilst standing one combo. Yeah. Still. Bro, you know what the worst thing was? Is that he rang up saying that he was running late. I think we waited like 20 minutes, half an hour for the time, oh, you know, okay. for an arcade tournament. Yeah. And I mean, I know we're not conscious if NZFGC-wise for time, but yeah. arcade tournaments, they start on time. Yeah. It was like, yeah. It was... Uh, late. Yeah. Face Yeah. Nah, I, I... I'm being honest, bro. I wish it was me. I really wish it was me, but you know, wanted to end it. So yeah, but it yeah. was. Um, I so think he, so. He got put in his place in the ultimate way. Yeah, I mean, he's an example of what can happen when you truly believe in yourself, and it's all based on lies, you know, in your head. But that yeah. was that was the scary thing because he wasn't. He was never taking it as a joke. He was being very serious about it. So. Yeah, it was it was a real scary time. It was a real scary uh, thing to not to deal with him, but I just mean in terms of trying to end this thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> hey, you know, um, that's that's something interesting is because Tekken's always, I think Tekken's always been pretty popular in New Zealand. Um, you know, like people would get it on PlayStation and, and they'd battle with their friends and, you know, and uh, they, they'd think they're, they're hot shit. You know, they're beating their friends up. They'd always say, hey, I play Tekken. Um, you know, I'm real good. Let's play. And, and I found like once I started playing in the arcade scene and the getting really, really into it, that was always like a nervous com- conversation. Because I used to be one of these guys too, playing on console, you know? Yeah. And I never entered any scene. And uh, so, you know, you'd meet people and they'd be like, oh, I play Tekken. Let's go. Um, I, I wouldn't want to play them because it's going to be just such a beatdown. Yeah. You know? And. Uh, that's not really the case anymore because there's like the big online scene. Yeah. So, yeah, people now they can play online and they'll run into like Zaza, they'll run into Cornova, they'll run into everybody else who's just so good now. The scene, the the skill level now, like on average across all the players, is so high. That's actually yeah, really high. Yeah. Like compared to back then. Also, you know, you mentioned online. People can kind of hide online. You know, they can act all tough and very threatening. Um, but obviously, this is back when it's like, no, no, no. This is actually in person. You need to front up and, you know, admit yeah. like what you're saying is fact and how you do it yeah. by playing. But it just never made sense to me why he would always say it so freely. But then you ask him why not why isn't he playing he's like oh I, I don't play i don't play on the machine i play console it's like well then why are you why are you even telling me this you know yeah mm. interesting character for sure yeah yeah was, maybe he's one of a kind um i'm trying to think like... i don't i don't think anyone's ever come close to him to be fair other people may have shown other people have surfaced but you know when they've been put in their place they're being humbled and they yeah. realize it with with him it was a bit hard like even after we thought i don't think this is the end yeah it, it really is a completely different world now compared to like when you'd show up in the arcades to play like it was almost it was kind of intimidating actually just to just to put your coin down on that screen so the rule is like you know as you know you put your if you want to turn and there's already people playing you chuck your coin in the corner of the screen that signals that if this side loses, you're up next. Yeah. So, you know, like Friday nights, the year fans, there'd be like a whole bunch of $1 coins on each screen because it was so popular on Friday nights. That was the time to go. Everybody would be there after work or after school. Uh, but just like stepping up and then you're going to play in front of everybody. There's there's generally a crowd around watching you. Um, that was such a cool atmosphere. I yeah. actually, I, I really miss that. It's a lot different than just like, going online in your room in your underwear just yeah. just go online and play yeah for me i actually enjoyed when someone would put their two dollar coin or token on my machine because it meant that they they're initially thinking that i'm gonna lose in the in the yeah, set the thing. And, and it's just the whole thing of like okay i'm really putting up a um, fight now yeah yeah that, that that that's that's funny you mentioned that i've never really thought about that but i had that exact feeling every time it happened to me like are you really gonna try and take my side i'm not gonna lose man i'm changing this yeah i'll be two rounds down and like oh you're gonna put your coin on my side no nobody no yeah 
I remember one match I was playing and some guy put his uh, coin down and I and I did do a side eye. I was like, "Are you serious? I'm up two rounds. Like, how, why do you? How do you think I'm going to lose this?" Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Sometimes you have to be strategical about it too. Like, like maybe some you want to play against a certain player. Yeah. So like you see that certain player is up next on the other side, and you think he's likely going to win. So so you you put your hit your coin on the other side ahead of time. It was it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like if 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 Tekken King was just more, you know, just being himself and actually understood that, you know, there is a scene, there is a system, I don't think it would have ended the way that it did. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, I guess, I don't know, maybe he's uh, special. Yeah, because I mean, oblivious. yeah, well, I mean, because, you know, th- people who can be trolls can be reformed, you know what I mean? Like, they they understand and then... Yeah, I don't want to mention anyone in particular, but people can accept the system and then just be a part of it. But then there are those that really try to fight against it to try to prove that there's something more. Um, and with him, I don't know. Like it, it was, it was, it meant something to him, you know, to be some yep. champion of tech yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to think if we had any. I mean, there was like there was one character back in. Uh, I'm gonna throw his name out there too. Everybody loves this guy. His name is Big B. Um, oh, and shit. Yeah. He, he, is, he was a Mishima player, and he just, he only respected Mishima players, nothing else. Everyone uh, else was like, old, nah. He respected the old school days. He really, really respected Vince. And he had this term, manual. And that's how he would describe somebody pulling off, like, really like slick machine stuff like wave dash cancels back dash cancels electrics um you're really manual if you can pull off that stuff yeah that's that's really manual and so this it, like he made that term and we all used it <laughs> we, we all used it he, he's a funny dude did, big b big b did, did you know that time zone close bro dk time zone yeah Oh wait, yeah, I was thinking like Yifan's closed, but Yifan's closed a while ago. I yeah, yeah, in, unfortunately, Yifan. Uh, yeah, in in Discord, yeah, I did see that, bro. So yeah, Man. so Yifan's like closed down. They went upstairs. I think they had like a a a, a third list of the machines that they had, and ultimately it was just you know online yeah, gaming. It did it. it, yeah. But then with Time Zone, it was different because they shared an entrance with Burger King, right? So with this whole lockdown thing. If Burger King was shut, Time Zone had to be shut. Like they both shared the same entrance, so it was just one of those things where it was like it literally was two birds with the one stone. And because oh. Tekken wasn't updated, it was still vanilla, whereas the console was the current version. So it was really upsetting that they closed. The announcement came out, and then people just kind of were like, "Okay, cool." Like it didn't really. Like the it news didn't matter because nobody played Tekken there anymore. Well, no one played arcade. You know, like no one's playing arcades anymore. You know, um, uni's not on. You know, no one's at work in town. You know, leave. It it was just like holy shit. Yeah. yeah. So you've had. So now we've had two of our like the cornerstone arcade places both gone. Yeah. yeah. That's really sad. End of an era. It is. Yeah. This technology is taking us this way. You know, I remember. When I was playing Tekken 5 at the arcades, I remember thinking how great it would be to be able to play online. Yeah. 
to just be able to go online from home and play Tekken just as we were in the arcades. And now it's it's not quite there. It's just about there, but like with the latency and, and that, that kind of stuff, it's yeah. it's not a complete, you know, offline still better. Um, but uh, playing online is not the same. It's really not the same as, as playing back in the arcades for me. And I, I guess that's going to be a rare and rarer experience. It's like only us oldies have that, have those memories and have those experiences. Yeah. Um, but it was like just a very unique, unique thing to have. It was, it was a great way to come together and play games. And actually, you know, I, um, I really found a community of friends, like when I came to the arcades. And yeah. I know people still do that when they get into a new gaming scene online and stuff. But it was like it was really cool for me to just have like all these new friends with similar interests and we'd hang out like every day. We'd play at the arcades, we'd uh we'd go and eat and call it a day and we'd do it all again. Yeah. Um it was it was great and uh you know, people get to do that with Rambats and stuff. Um, unfortunately not now because of what's going on in the world, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the end of an era. I remember accumulating like, um, 5,000 tickets, uh, you know, cause you, well, actually it should be fair to mention the, um, the cart that the system, so you could get like a top up card and, you know, you put money on it and you play the games. If you got a basic membership, I think if you got a basic card, it meant that you topped the card up 80 bucks and this doesn't include double dollars. So if you topped up 40, you got 40. It wasn't 80 allocated on the, yeah. on the card. Yep. If you got a gold card, you topped up 200 um, mm. and you got one free and game. A- yeah. One free game a day, unless uh, as long as you had credit yep. with a platinum card, you got two free games a day. But how much? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Here we go. This this is going to be some. How much was it to get a platinum card? How much was it? I can't. Was it a thousand? No, it was, was it a thousand to get? Was it more? Was it more? Do yeah. I really want to know? Do I really want to know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. How much was it? Was it two thousand? Two two thousand. Yeah. Two thousand dollars on a fucking arcade game. Jesus. Yeah, man. That's that was the great. arcade like, life. Yeah, that was the arcade life. You, you know, so I actually think you because we're all we were most of us were all uni students. Uh, like the some of the older players, they were like working full time, so yeah. they could afford to play a lot of games, but they didn't have the same amount of time to commit to it. Uh, whereas the students had more time, but generally less money. Yeah. Um, uh, I was really fortunate to get a decent <laughs> job straight out of high school, so I like. I had I worked all holidays and I I worked one or two days a week, so I, I was just, I had all this money I was just blowing it on Tekken, um, <laughs> yeah. But that might have been one of my edges actually. It was like I had more arcade spending power than than your average uni student. Yeah, back then. So yeah, I think I I think I probably played and spent um, more than maybe most. Yeah. More than maybe most, I definitely spent a lot. I remember, you know what? I remember at the time feeling really guilty about how much money I spent. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot. I could have done. No, I could have done much more productive things with that money. But hey. but now looking back, it was like it was one of the best times of my life, and I wouldn't trade it. 
Okay, well, I'm the opposite. In the moment, I'm like, hey, it's it's training, it's learning about the game, it's an investment. And now that arcades aren't a thing, I'm like, yeah, two grand, fuck. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, brief shout out to the arcade players from back in the day. These are just some people that, like, I'm sure that we both know, but oh, these man. are people that you it's, know. With I mean, some of these guys still play, but it's just like, you agree with me, bro. There's, you actually meet some interesting cats at the arcade if they give you the time, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a shame that some haven't continued on the grind, but, you know, I, I, there's some dudes that I... I've had some good moments from the arcade, and I'll, and I'll never, forget the, never forget them, let alone the people, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's this thing where when you play a competitive game and it's one-on-one, like Tekken... Um, you're you're really trying to get into your opponent's mind space, and he's trying to do the same to you, right? Yeah. And I think this this goes for competition in general, but you really start to you really start to develop a picture of this person's personality based on their playstyle. You know, yeah. um, I don't know. I I think this happens a lot. It definitely happened for me. And um, so back then. Uh, you know, a lot of us were a lot of us were maybe quite shy. We wouldn't talk to each other. We'd be some awkward, like you know, like like eyebrow raises, and like we'd play, and then there wouldn't be a lot of talking. Yeah, and we'd, we'd go home and post on the forums, and then other others would just click, and others would be much more comfortable talking to people. Um, but yeah, you you meet a lot of people, but as you said, if if they if you get the opportunity to and a lot of the times back then, I didn't really, um, you know, with a lot of players, I didn't talk to too much. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, turns out they're like awesome people and still around. Like, for example, Corno, he was always very, very quiet. Um, back then, he was a good friend of Jamie, uh, Um I didn't know him back then very well, but I knew his play style. And I was like, uh, I honestly, like, I would hunt him down. I, I remember hunting him down. It, he'd be really hard to beat. He's always a, a real challenge. Uh, uh, and I enjoyed the game, but I also really enjoyed just just trying to beat him because his playstyle was so frustrating. I, I really wanted to to make him feel the same frustration that he was giving me. You know, I yeah. don't know if I succeeded or what, but we never talked. Um. But he stayed in the scene, and I think the scene developed, and and um, I don't know, maybe it became more inviting, more friendly. Um, he started, he had the sessions with Jamie and stuff, um, and then when I'd come back, you know, I'd, I'd have some actual conversations with the guy, and he's awesome. He's yeah. a cool dude. He's yeah. a really cool dude. I mean, it, um, it, I mean, I know. For, but, but, yeah, you go, man. Yeah, go Sorry. Ahead. No, no, you go. You go. You know, I was just thinking like that. That was like the the biggest thing. And then and BG, uh, we he had a nickname as Chestboard Hat Guy back then. So he yeah, always was he, like yeah. Chicken Hat, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, he wouldn't talk. I I don't think he was close with anybody. I'm not really sure. Um, I kind of chased him around too because he would give me that same level of frustration that Cornova did. Um, you know, so I always try and get my coin on the other side to play him. And, uh, yeah, just, 
trying to read somebody's personality through their play style, I would do it. And I think this guy's such an asshole. He's so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like the nicest dude, man. Yeah, no, he so does, when, man. When you hang out with him. He smokes yeah. a lot. He, he smokes a lot as well, man. I'm surprised. Like, the first time I ever chatted to BG, like, I think, yeah. he, like, as you do, like, when you finish the session, like, I just leave time zone at Burger King and then just have a like, five, ten minute chat. And I think he smoked, like, two cigarettes, two or three cigarettes. I'm just like, holy shit. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you're a smoker, you probably get to chat to him then because, you know, our smokers always, like, congregate and always socialize outside <laughs> yeah. when they're having a break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's just, it's really interesting, you know, like I said, time zone and earphones are closed. Like, the competitive arcades don't exist anymore. It's all about providing some kind of entertainment outlet rather than competitive um, arcade gaming. You know, the whole prizes for tickets or prizes for tokens kind of thing. I think there is there is two arcades that, is, that are in Auckland. I know this is one of them. This is Game On. This used to be the old timeout that was underneath the cinemas, you know, okay. our tier center. Um, yep. So they moved downstairs. It looks like they've got a bigger space. I would say they have just a bit of a less less presence of arcade machines, um, but y- you know, you're, you're, like family friendly, family friendly, stuff. like photo. Oh, boots, like the or, um, what's the new one in uh, the new market complex? Oh, we're gonna get to that. This, Archie, this, I mean, Archie Brothers. Oh, are we gonna get to that? Okay, yeah. Archie Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, that like this is probably more the conventional. Kind of this is more the kind of conventional. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of what we're getting to because I guess traditional arcades can't survive. It can't compete if it doesn't have any online aspect. Because I know Tech yeah. Two briefly had like an online thing. Time Zone had a machine where you could view like cards from players around the world, and it would actually have like the matches recorded and stuff. All oh, right, but right. it had, so it had something from yeah, other places. In the world. Yeah, you could kind of watch matches in that. I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah, arcades are a shadow, I guess, of their former selves. It's just about entertainment, you know, like I miss the competitive side that it had. Yeah. This, this, uh, timeout, they had their own scene, their own like Tekken five scene. It was, it was cool. Like, so you could like wander over there and there'd be all these different players, like sit down and play a whole bunch of new people. And maybe some of them would come across to your fans or time zone. And you know there were players that would only play at your fans. There were players that would only play at time zone. Yeah, there was a stigma about that, eh? Because people would say if you're starting out, you should go to your fans. But then when you wanted to actually get stronger, you go to time zone. Mm, I'm not sure. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. We did. I definitely played them both. Um, I think in in terms of if you're still too nervous or afraid to actually play like decent players oh right so so say again so so like so i mean i you know i think i started out at e fans and it was good playing people but obviously i would hear of names like zazob and bg and stuff and i would always there would always be a fear of going to timeout because fighting to get a a get a game and actually staying on the machine was obviously a lot difficult. Oh, right. right. Yeah, I get you. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. I think maybe time zone was more dominant for Tekken 6. Um, That might have been the case. Uh, And I guess I was kind of always the one hogging the machine back then too, for the most part. I was always sitting down um, playing. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. No. I'm not really sure. Have you ever been to this this place, the Archie Brothers? Yeah, I have once. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yep. yeah. Um, I mean, it just looks like a good place to 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 have fun, take your girlfriend out on a on date night. Um, yeah, what do you yep. think? Of, yeah, what were your thoughts on it? No, yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun, uh, and I had the exact same. I had a lot of nostalgia with how quickly I was spending money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. A lot of nostalgia. That's the arcades. Yeah. It's a cool, can- oh. it's a cool carnival vibe. The food looks great, um, but yeah, once again, no competitive edge, you know, no fighting games. Um, yeah, claw token machines, yeah, that kind of thing. Just all family friendly fun stuff. I guess that's that's what it's got to be. It's like you know, physically having fun with friends and family. Yeah, uh, not not competing against them because you can do that online now. You know, and it's it's far easier to do it online. And it just wouldn't make money, you know? Yeah. Imagine paying a dollar to play a single game, and if you lose, you lost a dollar. Yeah. Or even $2 in some cases. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just unfeasible when you can go online and just yeah. play. Buy the game once for like 100 bucks, and you're done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it is in Westfield, so people will generally do things in a mall. They'll shop. They'll maybe see a movie, and then, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll go down and have some games at Archie Brothers. I feel like the aspect of arcades will still be around, but, you know, like I said, the competitive side, it's its its just not... There's no online, so there's no existence. Yeah, I think it's... Sadly, it's its, it's not going to be there. I mean, maybe... maybe I'm not sure what kind of scene racing games had, or the driving games. Like Maximum Tune was really popular back then, and Initial D... Um, and you know, you need kind of more dedicated hardware, like you need dedicated hardware for fighting games, but it's pretty easy to get your hands on either a pad or a stick nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and saying that you can, you could buy a, a steering wheel. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I guess it's just, this is the way the market's gone. This is where technology's gone and yeah, we're not going to see the same, uh, the same competitive, you know, in-person arcade scenes anymore. Do you feel like any businesses who try to have or replicate an arcade-style experience should include some competitive aspect, or should it literally just be tokens, money for entertainment now? Um, I I, I don't know if it would be feasible. Like in terms of like competitive video games, yeah, I, I just I, I wouldn't know the economics of it, but. I mean, they're, they're kind of competitive, right? Like, the, you're competing against your family. They're not cutthroat. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, air, air hockey's always fun. That I love that game, by the way, that one where you got to oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> very simple. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if, if a business should put in there in, in terms of, like, the economics of it. Maybe if they're passionate about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, e cafes could still, ha- you know, e cafes could, you know, still do like console setups and maybe have some arcade stick spare. I think there was like a net cafe in town that used to do that. Um, oh yeah, that they had um, net play or something. Yeah, they had tournaments too, didn't they? Yeah, they had tournaments. They, yeah, they I, provided I sticks. Yeah. Yeah, I remember going to a tournament. Uh, even the net cafe um, scene's not as thriving as it once was, right? Mm. I know they still exist. I'm not too sure what, to what extent. 
Um, yeah, but I, I was thinking like, you know, we online just really doesn't cut it, and we need to play offline and in person. That's just that's fighting games. It's that's maybe how, maybe that's the how technology will yeah. get there. Yeah, like maybe one day it'll be perfectly same. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if that's possible. Maybe it is. Maybe it already exists in some games. Apparently, some of these like like Killer Instinct apparently has really really good net code. Yeah, apparently one of um, the best. And it, maybe it feels the same as offline. Uh, but but I think we need like it'll be cool to have a spot like a spot set up you'd have the consoles in the game set up and, and and the community could rock up in person almost like rocking up at the arcades right yeah um but it would be really cool to have a permanent spot for that but i'm, I'm just not sure how how that could be like economically feasible maybe yeah. maybe somebody here who in the community who really loves it starts it as a passion project and they have a little bit of extra finances yeah. and maybe charge like membership fees yeah, actually, that could be good. The club. Fighting game club. <laughs> so, like, with Tekken, would you say, like, with Tekken 7 at least, with the way that it's been treated, how it's been balanced, do you feel like Michael Murray and Harada did make the perfect team? Oh, that's a good question, because honestly, I've just been getting caught up on that. You know, like, this whole last... Um, this, during the quarantine... Like I've, I've watched a lot of Tekken World Tour. I've tried to catch up on things. I actually watched a lot of the Wave Dash podcast. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, yeah. To uh, I think I own. I might have watched every single episode. There's like nine episodes that I saw. Um. Uh. So. I I don't know what. It's it's hard to say really. Like. Do you mean have they made a good team in terms of balancing the game and and keeping it alive? Yeah, because because like obviously in the recent weeks, months, you know, just questions on balancing and why the hell Fakumram is dodging so many lows, you know? Yeah, yeah, and then the whole like um, the changes with the machinas. Uh, yeah, the, the house sweep, reverting the wave dash and the uh, sorry, the sweep of the electric. It didn't make a lot of sense at all, really. Uh, and then buffing electric to its former glory, which was, I always thought it was ridiculously OP, but I didn't care. Um, I, I didn't care because it was hard to do. And then when I could do it, I was like, awesome. I'm part of the cool kid, kids club. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, the, I think in Tekken 6, the electric got nerfed a lot in terms of its whiff recovery. So like you can't just throw it out all the time. And Tekken Five, you can just about throw it out, and it's really hard to whiff punish. And now it's kind of the same again. And Tekken Seven, they buffed it back to its former glory. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't know what the direction is. You know, um, maybe they they buff because they want they want um, they want certain characters to show more in the world tour. Like maybe that's how they balance it. Maybe that's their whole philosophy. I'm not really sure what the uh and they don't share it either, yeah. I, I feel like yeah. that's um like Tekken Seven's a really, really great game. But there's still a lot of improvements that could be had, I think. I think 
I think it's still really hard to get into. I do. I think it's 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 uh, it's a lot to learn. There's like all of these strings and stuff that will absolutely blow you up. Um, but if you figure out how to defend against them, these like most of the moves become entirely useless, you know. And characters have like maybe ten moves that they use instead of the whole hundred this hundred move list, hundred moves in the command list yeah. that everybody has. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it'll be really cool if they took a few pages from like Western developers, like um, you know, Blizzard, and I think. Riot and Valve, when they patch a game, they generally put out like their their thoughts and their reasonings and their their whole goal with with what they're trying to do and making these changes. Like, you know, we think, oh, we've observed that this character is winning too much at a certain level, yeah, and and we think this might be a good change to help bring them more in line. Uh, it seems. It seems Namco doesn't really do that with their patches. They just kind of drop it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's hard to know what's happening. And like the the watching the the like Evo was it Evo Japan it was like seven Leroy's. Oh yeah. Um, and and then <laughs> the the Hero Julia in the final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that was that was kind of rough. But then it was like. There was so much hype for the character, right? Leroy. Yeah, you'll never see that many so, Julia fans in a tournament. Like, it was just unprecedented, <laughs> man. True that. There's no Julia fans. She's cheap. <laughs> oh, so cheap. Yeah. Not as cheap as Leroy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you feel like after lockdown, what's the first thing that the Tekken developers need to do? I wish they would just be transparent with, with their, like, what their directions, what they're trying to do who they're trying to balance it for. Um, you know, they, they, to, to have like a active development team, they have to fund it somehow, right? And they fund it, I guess, with DLC and they fund it with um, the sponsorship, like the advertising on the Ticket World Tour. Um, so they always, I don't know, I guess they, you know, when they release a character for that reason, they want the character to be really strong, like Leroy and Fakuram, so people buy it. Yeah. But I just wish they'd be transparent with what they're trying to achieve. Are you and... a fan of Fakuram, or are you just wanting like the original back, Bruce? Um. Yeah. Where is Bruce? Why is he no Bruce? It wasn't one of the female characters. A bit of a Bruce clone as well. But like she's got some Josie, yeah. Yeah, Josie. Yeah. Um I haven't got fucking rum. I I kinda want to just to mess around with them. But um I'm kinda forcing myself to stick to Ganny. Uh, you know, so I don't get bogged down in information overload. I just wanna get fundamentally good. Yeah. So are you so, touching Nina or Heihachi at all? No, I'm not. I mean, I really, I really want to play Nina, but I just feel like, I feel like it's the, the effort to reward ratio is not really there, you know? Yeah. Like everybody gets really high damage bread and butter combos with a wall carry. Um, 
she really doesn't. And the stuff that's really cool and hard to do, like the while standing one combos, it's it's not any better than what another character can do with simple inputs. Yeah. Um, and I just don't want to like I want to play a strong character. I'm I'm always going to have that mindset that I want my character has to be like you know towards the top tier. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like that attitude, but that's just how I am. Because if I lose, I don't want to have any excuses. And this was actually something I remember specifically choosing to play top tier in DR because I hated playing 5.1. And every time I would lose, I wouldn't take responsibility for my loss. I'd always blame my shitty low tier character. Um, and maybe that's, that sounds like some rationalization, but that's just how I feel. You know, I, I don't want anything holding me back. If I lose, it's got to be because I lost and the opponent beat me. Yeah. I mean, for the longest um, so, time... Sorry, man, you go. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, just for the longest time, I always knew you as a Nina player, but I would hardly ever see Nina matches from you. Yeah, I mean... I played her the most, that's for sure. Um, I played her the most, like 5.0 all the way through, but I, I also dabbled with other characters, and I always wanted to be a Machina player. Um... I just thought it'd be so cool to be able to pull that stuff off all the time. And and so like yeah, and DR I, I, I did play a lot of Nina. Probably I still probably played her the most at DR, but I ended up switching over to Heihachi and Ganryu and then Devojin. Just because they were much stronger and also because like I, I was finally I finally felt competent and confident enough to play machines. Um, every time I tried before, like I, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd get to the point where I could do some electrics and I could, I could do combos, I could do some stuff. But it, it took so, so many of my resources trying to pull it off that you know my mind's not in the match and I'd always get smashed, absolutely smashed. So when I could finally like play machinas, um, and and DR, like that was it. I wanted. To, to stick with it yeah do you and, and Genryu was just too much fun yeah do you just, he's so cheap really cheap what, what's so cheap about him uh and dr he's really he's just and in, in dr he had a lot of cheap moves he really was high tier like if you remove diligent and he had and kazuya he, he would have been like right below them with a couple of other characters um the 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 low df3 this it's just like it's the perfect low for being you know for for annoying your opponent it's it's beautiful it's like it, it might be that single move df3 is mostly why i play can <laughs> but, but also like he doesn't have a 10 frame jab which which makes a lot of situations really hard he's got a 12 frame jab he's got a 10 frame the hit but but that's unsafe um but he's got a lot of like plus frames on block on a lot of his moves so I just like to try and just try and lock down my opponent with that all the time. It's it's really frustrating if you for your opponent if you can do it well. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's got like a good DF one, good, good pokes. He's got good combo damage. I'm not really sure how his combo damage stacks up in Ticket Seven, but in DR anyway, it was insane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And well, he's got like he's got awesome gimmicks too. Like he's got he's really cheap. He's got like tick trap gimmicks, back turn gimmicks. 
Yeah. You know, there's the, the kind of stuff you catch somebody in. It's like a, it's a clip, you know, it's a highlight reel <laughs> and it takes the whole like hundred percent. Mm. Take their health. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, we're going to, I think we're nearing the end, man. Um, I just thought we could watch this clip. It's, from an SBO qualifier. Do you remember Super Super Battle Opera? Oh yes. Yeah. I do. So this is this is in two thousand seven where Nee single handedly defeated the entire team and I thought you would enjoy this. Um oh, awesome. Man. And I mean it's so crazy because some players don't even know like you Balance, know, Q dance. Yeah, like these guys were playing back in the day, you know? Yeah man. They were. JDCR was back then too. He yeah. played Hayachi back then. Uh actually Hayachi was really cheap at the original ticket five. He had like a his ten hit two two one. You get a FF two guaranteed. It was like forty percent off a jab. I mean, you know, if you played DR, if you watched Korean matches, if you saw the Red Brian, you knew who it was. Yeah, yeah. And you watch, he'll just like he'll he'll move with taunt everywhere. He might not be doing it, but he's doing it now. It's like the NCA thing. It's like sidestep taunt, like. Almost, yeah, almost he, he's time. not backdashing. He's he's taunt backdashing. He's yeah. taunt front dashing. Like, to watch his hands while he's doing this would be insane. Yeah, so fast. It'd be like watching a StarCraft two, like StarCraft player with crazy APM. Yeah, I mean, definitely, me will go down as one of the greatest Tekken players of all time. I mean, who who do you think could be considered in that list? Um, definitely Q Dance. These two players right here, definitely. Um. You know what, Q-Dance making that comeback, that was such an awesome story because back in Tekken 5, he, he really was my idol. Uh, like, and then having that cool connection with, with Ryan as well. Yeah. That, that was awesome. Uh, so there were two players that I idolized back in there. There was Q-Dance and Main Street Ryu, which was a Japanese Heihachi player. Um, and there were like other players like Narakov. I don't think these guys are around anymore. Nah. But yeah, definitely Nii, Qdance, JDCR's got to be there now. Yeah. Well, if there was anyone, if there were two players that you could see jamming DR against each other again, who would you want it to be? <laughs> like, like anybody in the world? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be Qdance versus Main Street Ryu. Yeah. For for anybody um, who might be interested in checking out some of these like old school high level ticket matches, just YouTube Qdance versus Main Street Ryu. They had like a twenty five match set, uh, like a death match to promote for Ticket Lord Black, which was the highest rank back then. And that's just like it's an amazing display of of like just the highest level Tekken you could possibly see. Uh, the two strongest characters in the game against each other, and it, like Main Street Ryu was known as the best player of Japan, and Qdance was known as the best player of Korea at the time. It was just two juggernauts going at it. And you also get to what's really cool is you know, we see tournament matches today, um, but there's something a lot different about a, like a long death match that you're never going to get in a a tournament you know the, the swings that happen uh one player comes up and then this guy figures him out and the the momentum switches in a long set yes it's really cool to see that stuff happen yeah. and you get to see that in this particular series yeah when the pendulum so, swings, yeah. it's 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 like you, you really get 
you, you really get into it. And this is without any comeback factors, you know, no rage, no rage drive. That, that's another thing. That's that's like... Comebacks meant I, a lot. I, I know seeing, like, the big, the crazy rage drive death fist, like, 100% death kill, it's exciting to see, but there's something different about seeing a raw comeback back in Tekken 5 with no comeback mechanics. Like, the 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 care and the precision the players take to to get that comeback and don't get me wrong there's like super high damage stuff in this game too yeah but i i i understand yeah i get get you man like comebacks it's like you had to really work to get it and once you did it's like you know people would just go crazy eh? yeah yeah i mean this guy then he was a absolute legend back then yeah. i'm not sure if he's still around no i don't think he is too but f- fun fact the guy who got me into tekken he's like one of the first guys that he looked up for vids because he was like he liked steve too but yeah nin was a classic old yeah classic player man old school yeah actually you know what i don't in the west at least kudens was known as the best player of the uh but i'm sure the the koreans uh would have much better knowledge about it you know because yeah. it was always kind of like we're hearing these stories from these mythological from this mythological land the the mecca of Tekken. yeah green arcade oh that's another place that's not around green arcade yeah i was just gonna say didn't they get closed down yeah. as well yeah there's a i think there's Joybox, right? Is Joybox a Korean one or a Japanese uh, one? I, I'm not sure. Like Japanese one. Yeah. And then it's crazy. Yeah, so I I think the lore is that like Qdans was really having wrist injuries at this point in his Tekken career and he had to give it up. Like he went to um I think he went to Evo. In America, and his wrist was so bad that he couldn't play on stick. He, he played play. on pad. Yeah, and he still took out the tournament. Man, digits. Yeah. So knee just takes them out and hit this guy two hundred one. Yeah. Wonder if he's around. He was. Uh, there was this Korea versus Japan tournament three v three. Wait, no, it was, there were teams of five. Sorry, and. No, it was a team tournament, and I think one or two teams from Korea went. And uh, balance was like Qdans, and then uh, 201. Um, what else was it? Might have been a poor player, Narakov. And one more. Forget one more. How dare I? Damn. But anyway, like... Um, so what happens is you... The teams jump on. It's, it's just like this. So if you lose, the next person in your lineup comes out. And every time, like, 201 would come out maybe third or fourth, and he'd wipe the Japanese team. He, like, he kept balance in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cool watching these matches. Yeah. It was fun preparing um, for this interview, man, because looking, you know, as you were saying, like looking at all the old DR clips, I'm thinking, oh man, that that goes way back. And you see, and you know, you see a lot of good players, a lot of um, good tech, and maybe some tech that 
doesn't work in games now, but you know, like you know, due to muscle memory, you know, there's just stuff that you don't forget. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Oh man, that's a beautiful I mean, watch. Yeah. I, I, mean, I still think it looks great too. I still think like it just looks really good. Mm. So it's a good looking game. What a punish. Oy. Oh yeah, down three two used to prop you up. Yeah, thirteen frame jet upper, like oh my yeah. god. Yeah, he was even worse in, in five point oh. Five point oh is horrendously broken. Mm -hmm. Back one launched on I mean, he I know he didn't really have a thing for Brian for Tekken Seven. He was playing, you know, Steve and. He plays like everything now, eh? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he's not limited to one character now, but you know, I think we'll always think of him as like he, he was the Brian. Yeah, I've, I've, I wonder if um, the way the really competitive scene's gonna go now is it's gonna be more like just players are really good fundamentally and they can play everything, and there's like a bit of a matchup thing going on, and and sets. So like maybe they lose their first, you know, the first match is gonna be blank. You pick what you pick and you're stuck with it. Yeah. But then when you lose, you can switch characters. So maybe they'll switch to a character who has a good matchup against what they just lost to. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's going to be a way forward, and then we will see less and less character loyalists. Yeah. Well, the specialists. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Potentially, um, especially if these guys are, you know, dominant esports figures. It's like, yeah, you are playing for competition. You shouldn't be playing on the whims of a character. Yeah. 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 But then again, it's like, you know, to be, to be able to play at that level at all let alone with multiple characters is just to me it's insane to think about mm. the, the level of skill of these guys and and you know it takes a lot it takes a lot of dedication yeah like if you're gonna be good at this game no question about it you're gonna play a lot you're gonna spend hours and hours and hours there's no way around it if you're yeah. not good at taken or probably any fighting game it's, it's a grind yeah. but it's like it's a very, very, very rewarding grind. And with that, man, I've got some last questions for you to round it up. Or should I say the final round? Sweet. So, you ready? Final round. Yep. I'm ready. Cool. So, the first one. Have you ever taken money or credit from the arcade that wasn't yours? Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think quite a few times I'd show up and there's like leftover credit. That happened, you know, it was like a lucky day. It was like a free game waiting right there. Nobody's at the machine. It's empty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next one. Name a player you look up to in the wider FGC. Uh, like internationally, you mean? Yeah. Uh, Qdance. Qdance because he was like, uh, I, I idolized him back then. I always enjoyed watching his matches. I was blown away with the Mishima play, the high-level Mishima play. And then the comeback story, like, to not play. I don't think he played Tekken 6, but he started to come back in Tekken Tag 2. Um, and he clawed his way up. And then in the Tekken World Tour in 2017, he takes out the finals. Unsponsored. Like, yeah. You know, all the, pro, the, the sponsored players at this event, and he's... He's doing it on his own. Yeah, no. And and I I really felt, you know, I I kind of felt like 
I felt that one. Like I felt like it was mine too. Always, <laughs> like he did it for the uh, old boys. Yeah, yeah, man. Even though, even though, like taking such a hard game that you know the, a lot of the best players have been around a long, long, long time, like yeah. me, JDCR. Okay, the biggest win streak you've achieved at any arcade for any game. Um. I remember getting over 50 with a Hachi in the... Uh, Holy uh, crap. But that, that would be... Uh, I don't recall any. There, there were like a, a couple 20s. Whenever I get a 20, I'd be like, hell yeah, this is a good day. But that 50 <laughs> with a Hachi was, was crazy. That's when I first started the card and I had a 100% win record for a while. That was cool. <laughs> and I didn't lose either. Uh, people just stopped playing. So I lost oh. to the CPU. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, I... I got to the final boss and I lost to the final boss. Oh, oh man. All right. What was the most meaningful match you've had in Tekken and why? Ooh. Um, I think it might have been it would have it was a diff match for my promotion. Um, for the highest rank in New Zealand, it was a death match against Vince, and there was like a long death match. It was like a, maybe a twenty or thirty game set back and forth, back and forth, and I finally clutched it. And uh, it was, I think, it was the first green rank in New Zealand. It was the only green rank in New Zealand, and it was the most meaningful match for me because it was like it goes back to when. It goes back to me like messaging Grimwalker saying, Who's the best player? I gotta beat them. I gotta find them, I gotta beat them. And it was Vince. And we had this crazy rivalry, and that was like that was kind of the end of our matches. We didn't that like I, I got that win. It happened to be the last time we played, and I just so happened to win. I, you know, by no means do I say I was better than him back then. Yeah. I consider us to be equals, definitely. And I respect his talent, but that would have been my most meaningful match. That also, match also, just to clarify to people, in Tag 2 and Tekken 6, BG, Zazob, Kornova, the highest ranks were mid to high orange. And it would have been the same, you know, Tekken 6, Tag 2. So there might be some people thinking, green rank, that's not high, but trust me, in the arcade, <laughs> yeah. you, only had so many, you only had so many people actually putting up their cards to rank up. So Yeah, there, yeah. Was, there, there was a thing called... Hard chickening back then, which was like people were too afraid to lose their rank, their rank or too afraid to have like a their win rate showing not that hot. Um, so they would just play, but they wouldn't put their card in. They'd still use their character, but they wouldn't put their card in. A lot of people did that, and it was really frustrating. Yeah, man. But yeah, cool. Uh, next one. Complete the sentence. In Tekken Seven, I would sacrifice blank. To bring back blank. <laughs> um, ooh. I would sac in Tekken Seven. I would sacrifice the screw system to bring back Jones. Shit. Okay, that's all right. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> cool. Who has the best salt of all time from the NZFGC? The best salt. I'm not saying who's the most angry. I'm just saying, like, like when someone is salty, like it's actually a pleasure to see them get salty. Oh, oh man. 
it's a tough question. There's there's some entertaining cats, eh? <laughs> um, I, mean, I don't know. I I feel like I want to say you know I feel like I want to say Rambo. Uh, I don't see him get salty that much. Though. Not not yeah, not that I see him get salty, but uh, well, it's just his charisma in general, and he's <laughs> he's really competitive. But he's such a funny dude. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like when he loses, I know he's upset about it, but yeah. And, you know, I I haven't seen it a lot because I unfortunately haven't had that many of the, I haven't experienced too much of the, the modern fighting game community with you guys. Although I love the time I have spent there and I want to make it back in there. But you're just trying to think about how people react to it. To uh, to it when they lose, it's kind of hard for me. I'm, I'm going back a long way, <laughs> but you you'd be still. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, wait, no, no, I want to change my answer. Okay, go ahead. I got I got to change. This is a big throwback. The best salt of all time was a man named Theon from the Ticking Five Days, and he played Law. And uh, you get really, really, really angry and shake the machine. And if, if he lost really badly, it wouldn't matter if you got another coin waiting for another turn. He's like, no way, again, again, oh, <laughs> he go again. Jesus. He, um, yeah, bad boy lawless. Bad boy lawless, all right. Bad boy lawless. All right. If they included a playable character from New Zealand in Tekken 7, suggest what his or her name could be. <laughs> you know, I... um. It was funny because uh, back, like back when Jackie and myself were playing Tekken Four, we had this thing about like we were such nerds about it. We we were like, "Hey, create a character," and I always thought like, um, something similar to Jake the Mus in Tekken <laughs> would be pretty badass. Uh, I guess so, we got they they. They had the Australian, like Marduk's supposed to be Australian. He came out in Tekken 4. Yeah, I know. When, uh, are they gonna, when are they going to put a New Zealand character in, man? Yeah. Bro. About time. Would you rather lose to Akuma or Geese in a grand final? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd rather lose to... Man, I want to say Geese. But to be honest, I don't know. The knowledge of geese, I feel it's still almost like I'm playing Tekken. Yeah. When I'm playing against Akuma, I'm not playing Tekken anymore. It's a different game. This doesn't feel like Tekken. Yeah. This is weird. No. Fair enough, dude. And who is your waifu? Nina. No question. Yeah, no question. Yeah. No question. Because she's just top tier, yeah? Well, in your mind, she's top tier? Just we're connected. Yeah. Connected, yeah. That's cool. It's, it's, it's there. Thanks again, D. Sam, for your time. And it was really cool to reminisce about, you know, the arcades and going back to DR and, you know, your time. Um, do you have any last words or shout-outs? Oh, man, just this is this has been really awesome to, uh, to just, like, delve back into the past and relive these awesome memories, so... Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. It's been a pleasure. Um, just just shout outs to the whole community. It's I think 
I'm really blown away that the community is so thriving. It's awesome. And shout outs to Standing Fierce, like for real. The, the what what they've done, what Dave's done is it's just it's uh it's tremendous. Shout outs to Zazog. Put that out there. <laughs> he's uh you know, he's he's been helping me get back into the game, giving yeah. me the beatdowns. Yep. Shout outs to the whole community. Thank you, man. And thank you guys. <laughs>